can do. Yeah, I'll just start eating my breakfast. I'll start clipping my nails, like just getting ready. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! You are listening to episode 166 of Sapping Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and the recent birthday boy, Morgan Richards. (laughs) Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And I don't give a fuck about some great depression because I miss the emo magic of 2003. Well, yeah, we all do. It was a much better time then. The blackout was just starting. I was just getting revved up. I was. Um, I had a lust for life. I was excited. I couldn't wait. Yeah, yeah. What a great time. <sighs> Why did you bring that up? Oh yes, because this week's guest is singer, songwriter, and all-round babe, Patty Walters of As It Is. Yes, a real sapping favorite. As It Is are a band who we've grown very close to since starting this podcast and always bring the most humble emo vibes. But we've never done one dedicated with Patty on his own before. So with there being so much change behind the scenes for them, we thought this would be the perfect opportunity to get a real insight into this new version of As It Is and some personal takes on things we've never talked with him before. Yes, it was super good to see Patty again. Um, and we had a brief encounter with Ronnie as well just before it, which was um, quite nice because we are big fans of both of them. Um, they are lovely, lovely chaps. But yeah, it was great to talk to Patty. It was good to find out um, some things I didn't know, like about uh, the YouTube days and stuff. Bringing up old British bands. I couldn't get over it. Like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Ah, this is fucking, yeah. And it, yeah, it's mad. So yeah, it was a fantastic chat. They're super, super positive which uh, lifted my spirits for sure. So, yes, thank you very much for Patty for coming on. They are currently on tour with Set It Off and Stand Atlantic in the US of A. If you're American and listening to this, definitely try and get to that because I'm jealous that I can't. So go for me, take photos, send them to us at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. 
yes please do that some absolutely lovely bands that we're very friendly with and as i said as it is and patty have just been great to us since we started this podcast i feel we've we've gained a great relationship with them and through that on this episode we're going to get some real deep secrets behind their new album i went to hell and back dropping on february 4th how they almost quit after lying up departures, discovering his favorite bands in 2003, starting his journey through YouTube, and even just some touring nightmares like he was having as we were recording this backstage on tour. I fucking hate you when you have van trouble. It's literally the bane of any band's life. Because being in a band, you're not putting, you know, you never should be in those situations because most people in bands haven't got a bloody clue how to fix an engine or even change a tyre, um, even change your pants, most of them. So it was good to see the boys. And yeah, despite the van breaking down, as always, as it is, they were very, very positive and a great <laughs> chat. <laughs> That's the one thing you can expect from them. But before we go straight into the conversation, of course, just a reminder, if you enjoy sapling podcast and you want some little bit extra content maybe some behind the scenes look maybe you want to make friends in a whole new community of people why not check out patreon.com forward slash sapling yes if you listen to three or more episodes you are actually legally obliged so don't turn this off if you're two and a half if this is two and a half right and you're listening to this one i'll go oh i've only I've listened to two other too late you're into the third now um, you are legally obliged to join our Patreon. You can donate as little or as much as you want. So, Elon Musk, I know you're listening. You listen every week because you need some genius ideas. Uh, join patreon.com for us happening, Elon and friends. And Bezos as well, because I know he's a big fan. Um, <laughs> has been calling me lately about trying to put the podcast on Amazon Prime. But I'm having none of it because I've seen what's happening to Joe Rogan on Spotify. Uh, the oh. fucking nutter. Anyway. Oh, oh God. But um, just a little uh, incentive as well. You know, there's a um, festival season. Isn't that far ahead? And people love a little deal. So I think, you know, this week, if you join our Patreon, you might get a little uh, cheeky discount code to a certain festival. Now, I've said too much, but patreon.com forward slash sapling to find out what the hell I'm on about and give us a cheeky message online at sapling pod on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, that's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. Did I spell that second one right? I must have. Um, we can't say the festival, can we? Think how many festivals there are, Mog. <laughs> and we're like, oh, there's a festival you can get discount for. It's, hey, it's the exact festival you were thinking of. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash happening. Should we get on with the episode? Yes, this is the wonderful Patty Walters returning to Sapling Podcast on episode 166. Fucking lovely. Sapling! Sapling! If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Sapnin! 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 Yes! Yes! This week's guest is As It Is Frontman and all-round lovely human being, um, not just to talk to or be around, but also to look at. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the beautiful Patty Walters. How are you? Hey, that's so nice of you. You guys are so nice. So uh, the fact that you think I'm nice, that's really nice. That's a nice oh. feeling. It's nice feelings all around, huh? Oh, it's always it's it's always wholesome vibes with you guys, man. Always wholesome. But welcome back. Nice to have you on the podcast again. This is your third appearance overall, I believe. And that sounds um, correct. Third, third, first time on your own. Of course, uh, we've talked many times about different things. We wanted to get a different insight into uh, a lot of exciting things coming up. But um, how are you at the moment? What's uh, t- today? Sounds like it's being a bit hectic. Yeah, hectic's a good word. Let's roll with that. Yeah, so we're a week into a, a tour that, um, you know, I, I I was wondering if it was it was even going to happen. You know, we've known it was in the works for months and months, but here we are. We're a week into living the dream and uh, just uh, true to living the dream. The van broke down yesterday. That was a dream, but it broke down in uh, somewhere, Texas, where everyone's really nice and hospitable and stuff. They were uh, we were in a Mercedes dealership and they were just letting Ron eat wings right there just in the dealership. <laughs> it's like they're cool out here. Um, so, um, yeah, no, we uh, rushed to the venue. Uh, I got here literally five minutes ago, set up the interface and the microphone and uh, sat in indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we would just like to clear up for any listeners um, that we did offer party to uh, reschedule this. But um, yeah, so don't anybody listen to this. Don't think that we forced him. Right. We haven't forced him to do this now. Nah, man. Who needs who needs to brush their teeth before doing a podcast? I mean, oh, yeah, God. yeah. <laughs> Yummy. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, that's just tour life. I mean, in a way, you must have missed just little shenanigans like this going awry. 
Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Like I like people have been saying, like, what are you most looking forward to? It's just it's it's all of it. I've missed like the terrible food. I've missed the inconsistent sleep. I've missed the terrible weather. We drove straight into a storm, by the way, and the van has a leak in the roof. So it's just <laughs> throwing onto like one seat. Um, so, yeah, I've missed all of it. I mean, it, it's already like I, we're, we're already laughing because it's just we, we, we missed it with our whole hearts. It's like it's been two years without this. So it's um, yeah, no, it's it's a really nice change of scenery, no matter how shitty this scenery looks <laughs> and feels at the time. Yeah, it's uh, like you've got the. It's like you've taken the blackouts luck on tour with you. Like with every that's fucking right. <laughs> tour we did, something fucking awful would happen. It's uh, just one of them tour things. But yeah, how we've we been keeping for the um, last two years? How we've we been keeping sane? What have you been like up to when you couldn't? It's a do great shows? question. It's gonna. It, it's a great question. Some some days were better than others. I think. So I was at first. I found it actually really like difficult and painful to even like listen to music. So I like canceled my Spotify subscription and everything. It was like, Oh wow. Like I just like can't do my favorite thing in the world. I can't be like living my dream job and like listening to my friends was actually quite bittersweet. So I replaced that with horror films in a big way. So I've watched like over 200 in the last like two years. So I'm still watching like one every two days in the van and stuff. So just like downloading it in the green room and like taking it for the drive. So, um, so yeah, that's been keeping me sane because that's been a lot of fun. That's been like a really cool project and education. Um, got like into cooking, got into like good coffee. I tried learning Japanese for like two weeks and that didn't, didn't get very far at all. I've forgotten it all already. So, um, but yeah, no, like, you know, there was plenty to do and plenty of time to do it. And I guess we wrote a record too. I guess that's the other thing we were doing over the two years. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, well, well, just before we go into that new record, before we start talking about that. Um, I'm going to need to know the best and worst horror films you've seen in the last two years. And what's, what's yeah, the so worst? That's, that's a great question. And I use an app called Letterboxd to like have a diary because I like forget every time I get asked this question. So like some of my favorites, these are like the five star reviews. Let me find them. I know some of them are Jennifer's Body, uh, Goodnight Mommy, which is an Austrian film. A film called House from the 70s, which is like a wild, like Japanese horror film. It's got like really like surrealism, like Monty Python sort of shit going on or like the monkeys or something like that. One of the worst ones I saw was actually really recent. It was called Old. It's the new M. Night Shyamalan film. I don't know if you've seen it. Okay. No. A terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> like, like fun because I've watched it twice in like three weeks. Like a fun bad movie. So, so that's all right. But oh my god, it's awful. Like I can't believe how bad it is. Um, yeah, there's a there's a rapper, a, a character in the film called Midsize Sedan. It's just like nothing about this movie makes any damn sense, and you just absolutely have to watch it. Like you, you want like there's no words that like that's about. I can do to try to brace you for this movie. I recommend you watch it. Uh, the drummer of Set It Off, Max, and I were talking about it for like 15 minutes already. It's it's awful, but it's a good time. So, well, yeah, mid size. <laughs> that's, that's fucking. That's to be fair though. You don't hear many rappers called mid sized Yeah, they've literally <laughs> run out the rap names. Like that's yeah. mental. Um, yeah, it's like we've we've been Biggie, we've been Lil Pump. We got to be like in the middle. We got to be mid sized sedan. <laughs> I'm going to come out as XL Sean, I think. Double XL Sean. <laughs> Double XL. And I could be on the magazine then as well. Um, no, that's do you true, count that's true. Teeth as a horror film? Have you ever seen I Teeth? I do. I do. I watched Teeth uh, when it came out, probably close to like 10 years ago. It's a cool metaphor, but it is like bonkers. It is like a crazy, crazy movie. 
Yeah, it was uh, one of the worst films I've ever seen. I think I remember <laughs> seeing it in the van with the boys going, what is going on here? We can't, this is dreadful. Oh. Um, but it's inter- interesting to hear what's been keeping you busy in between this new record, man. And as I said, there's a lot we really want to get in to you and a lot of things we haven't really talked about before. But just recapping this weird kind of time not only in life with COVID and everything that's gone on, but really since the end of 2019, it's been a real change for as it is. Because I feel like there's been so many little obstacles that you guys have had to deal with. Obviously, the whole thing of Ben leaving the band, then the pandemic, Foley had to leave because he wanted to focus more on being a fireman. And just really only the last six months has things gone back to normal in a way with you being able to come to the UK to play Slam Dunk and releasing new music. Really just like, what was your mindset through all that? Because I imagine it's kind of a lot of stopping and restarting for the band and, and yourself in many ways. Yeah. And I think, I think like trying to assign a mindset to it wouldn't even be faithful to like what it was like. It was just creating art was just a necessity. It was just, there was so much time. There were so many emotions and I had no way of navigating them. There were no outlets. It's like, apart from like walking my dog, I wasn't allowed to do things. It was illegal to do things. So it was like, I was just sat inside eating too much, extremely bored and extremely sad. And I just had all these emotions to just get out of my brain and either onto paper and into songs or just sort of like eat me from the inside out. And it was like writing this record was just a necessity. It was, it, it was, it was a product of the pandemic. It was a product of the situation. It was also a way of navigating, you know, the, the grief of band members stepping away, band members who we love. Like there's still like some of our best friends in the world who were like invited and came to like the weddings that like my bassist and I had. And it's like, we're just still best friends, but you know, it's still so hard to watch people like leave and move on. People have decided this isn't for me anymore. And that's not necessarily them saying like, I don't believe in you and I don't believe in the art and the project, but it still hurts like so bad and so deeply. And we had all these emotions and all these feelings. And if we hadn't written songs and made an album, I just don't know what would have happened. I don't know how I would have survived it. I don't know if I would have survived it. Um, and that's, yeah. So that's what, that's what I mean. Where the really no mindset, really no agenda, really just making art because it's the only thing that keeps you sane. It just felt like when we were all like 10 and 12 or whatever, and we just started picking up instruments and like learning our favorite songs by ears and imagine we were playing like these like big venues in London and stuff. It was like, that's what this felt like. So in a way it felt really organic um, and really, really true to just like falling in love with music for the first time again. So bittersweet for sure. And that's, yeah, that's why this exists. Was there a, any period during during that point where you really questioned maybe the band or the future or anything, or, or did it just automatically think or give you kind of momentum to to go forward and see what you could could do with um, with the three of you? Yeah, so so uh, we are so proud of this record. We're so proud of the singles. We're so proud of the project. But it would be insincere to say like, oh, we didn't have doubts. Like, it, like we absolutely had doubts and we talked about those doubts. We said like, why are we still doing this? Is this even still the same like project and the same, do we still have the same mission statement that we've had since 
there were four and five of us and then four again and now three. It's like it's it, it's been extremely weird to navigate. But I guess that weirdness is also sort of attached to like like the weirdness everybody experienced. So it's 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 kind of hard to separate in that sense, you know. So um, in one aspect, it's all just sort of like rolled into one really weird ass time. And I, I can't like separate it from like just the pandemic and how weird that all was. But equally, yeah, no, there there were doubts, but there was yeah, there were there was still more to say. There was still so much more to do and accomplish and express. And yeah, uh, we did it because we had the time. I guess. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, yeah, no. When you earlier mentioned that you um like kind of got rid of your Spotify and stuff, do you remember the song that? Pardon the pun with Max being there, but that set you off, I guess? The the one that was like, oh, I can't... Do you know what? I can't fucking do this. And then do you remember when you reinstated your love for music and you started listening to other people again? Yeah, so so it's kind of twofold. Um, we wrote I Don't Give a Fuck in October of 2019. So that was actually before Ben's last tour. Um, but we were out in la doing like those writing sessions with songwriters and producers and just in the middle of that we wrote this one and we just couldn't like quite forget like how catchy it was how much we just believed in it how much it sort of just sort of like encompassed everything the band stands for and that doesn't happen a whole lot i mean i don't know if you've experienced that but like you're always trying to like top the last song and sometimes you write a demo and you just go like uh you you're like ride that like adrenaline that high uh, for like maybe a week and then you're like oh this song's probably garbage um <laughs> it's like let's be real um but that that feeling just never sort of happened with that song and it still hasn't and it's why it was single one and it's why it was sort of like the blueprint for like all future songs and singles and the rest of the record but then when we wrote i went to helen back which became the title of the record um that was very much written in the middle of and navigating the pandemic and the grief and all those things we've talked about um, and that really sort of embodied everything this record stands for. It's like, this is the narrative. This is the story. This is how, this is the, the journey we want to take people on through the, through the, through our record and through our music. So yeah, both, both of those songs were, were big milestones in the creation of the album. Mm, yeah. And obviously talking to you previously on the podcast, we really went in depth about your last record, The Great Depression, and how that was really a whole concept and a mindset and really focused on that kind of alternative emo of, of yesteryear while moving forward. And with this record, obviously, there does feel more a bit more freedom and that you weren't thinking too much about the ins and outs and everything. It was just getting uh, emotions and writing what you were feeling at that time. Do you, do you feel like there's a huge difference in those elements for the, for the band in, in this material? Yeah, I do feel like there's a huge difference. I feel like that's on purpose. And I feel like it's a result of with, with the Great Depression, uh, the album started with a title and it was just this sort of idea of, you know, are, are we, the emo bands in the scenes, sort of like helping or hindering the problem of like talking about uh, mental health and mental illness through music. And then it, it, it was immediately attached to the sound, the sound, like paying homage to like emo and post hardcore, uh, from the States and from the UK. Uh, and then it was about the image as well. So it was really, um, that was just a product uh, or a project that started with a title and the rest just sort of came with it. We didn't really have that. I, I've never had that since and we'll probably never have that again. Um, it was extremely exciting, but because of that, we, we weren't trying to just 
create a concept record for the sake of creating a concept record like we did before. This was just going back to basics. And I, like I said, about just like falling in love with music when you're like 10 and 12, it was just, it was just that. And I think the most exciting thing about being a rock band right now is it's just like, it's the most like alive I've seen the scene look in so long. It's the most diverse and young I've seen the scene look in so long. And I know a lot of people aren't excited about that, but I think they should be. I think that is extremely exciting. I think that nothing but a huge opportunity for all of us who have been around for like 10 or more years um, that we can just sort of lean into like this amazing trend that's happening right now. And also, it's just a good thing that the scene looks diverse, that the scene looks young. Like, that's cool. That's exciting. This is like what rock should be and should have always been. So um, for that reason, like, I, I've, I've never been more proud to be a rock band uh, like than I am right now. Like, this is extremely exciting. Like, it's just so privileged and proud to be a part of this movement. Yeah, I've been loving you guys' uh, like throwback to like MySpace stuff. With the, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Thank you so much. It's, it's, yeah. it's fucking genius. And then that fucking we- When We Were Young festival has appeared. And I was like, what the fuck is... What's going on? Yeah, I didn't think that was real. I'm sure you guys also didn't think that was real when you saw it for the first time. Oh, it's just I'm still not... It's been three days and I'm still not sure. I'm still not... I don't know how the fuck they're going to do it. It's got to be... A, it's it's going to be a full weekender. But I don't know. Yeah, but but going with those themes as well, like one of my favorite tracks so far from the record is I Miss 2003. And a lot of people were really like on board with that whole kind of just throwback image to those days. And I'm sure writing that track must have brought back a lot of memories to, to bands you grew up listening to and what where you were at that time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it, it totally did. And it was the last song we wrote towards the record. And I, I, I don't think that's... I, I think that that's... Um, a reflection on that, you know, like it's always a bittersweet feeling when you wrap up a record because you're, you're so relieved and you're so proud that like, okay, like we can finally stop working on this damn thing. And it's like, you know, usually when we write and record or record a record, it's um, like eight weeks in the studio. And this was closer to like 18 months because of the pandemic. Like we were just at home. Like we were just like, and the thing is like, you can always be working on something and tweaking something and changing something. And that wasn't really good for me to just like never go home to never turn the lights off on the album. So it was, um, it was a huge relief and it was, um, yeah, just like filled with pride when we were done, but equally you just sort of like mourn that like, Oh, this really like, special moment in my life is like coming to a close like this chapter's ending i think those like sort of saccharine like bittersweet emotions like fueled that song it's like okay like 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 a sort of thank you to like all the bands and all the songs that really like made us and like i was saying too about how how young the scene is right now when i was introduced to bands like green day and blink 182 um they talked about their influences which were like the descendants and like bad religion and i'm 12 i don't know who bad religion are but <laughs> because of green day i certainly do now yeah and that this was sort of our thinking was it's like okay so like you're finding this scene now you don't know about our favorite bands uh and they were sick they were great you have to meet them you're gonna love them and that was that was sort of it was it was just sort of like let's just sort of celebrate the bands that made us that like uh oh and i guess the other thing too is just sort of like i I think the the thing that was really good about the pandemic and i know everyone's like sick of talking about what was good about the pandemic because it was hell like let's be real but i think what was good is it just sort of reminded like all of us who are artists that we are just fans at the end of the day like we're here because we're like fans of bands and we're fans of the scene um we started out in the crowd every single one of us 
And it just reminded us that like, we're not too cool to just sort of like, like bands and wear it on our sleeves and just be proud and just be like transparently, like really emotional. Um, and I think that the, this song is a result of that too. Just like a good lesson that I'm taking out of the pandemic and like going forward with me. So yeah, it's, it's a bunch of things, but it's one of my favorites from the record for sure. For sure. And shooting the music video with like a hundred fans who we just hadn't seen in like a year and a half. Like that was so exciting. It was such yeah. a cool time. Yeah, I'm sure it was. But who who were some of those bands that if people weren't aware now that were really massive influences and key figures in the scene tool? Yeah, for, for us, it's always been the bands on drive through records. So you've got like Newfound Glory, you've got Hello Goodbye, but you've got like the, the Early November and Hidden in Plain View and Alistair. Like those those were bands that really did it for me. Um, some of the first oh and the starting line the starting line the the same, yeah. <laughs> yeah, best to me is like, in the song were the starting and line on drive through they, yeah, they, they absolutely were yeah, were. yeah and best to right. me was the first song I learned on guitar oh, and it, it, a it's song. a song that's what and song. and that that song title's in the chorus of, of ours so it's like yeah they were huge they were absolutely huge yeah that's they did they, they, they did some absolute anthems and I don't think there's that many people showcase them as much now as much as they should compared to all those other I bands. agree I totally agree. And I think, I think, uh, Direction, which I think is the record they released before the hiatus, because they are back now. Direction is one of my favorite records, like that just a rock band has ever made. I just think it is like so incredibly produced and so incredibly written. But yeah, their first couple records, like I was just playing them all the time as a kid and I just loved them so much. The movie life or the movie life on drive through? That sounds right. I think the movie life, I think homegrown. It's like drive through is just one of those records where it's just like, wow, you just signed like only the coolest bands. Like, <laughs> yeah, good well, for you. you. Oh, here's an inside, here's an inside scoop. When we were younger, Philip Jenkins, who was the drummer of Kids in Glass Houses yeah. um, fr- from the UK, he was known to everybody in the scene as drive through Phil because he, <laughs> because he literally worshipped drive through records and had a drive through yeah, right. hat. That was yeah. it. He was known as drive through <laughs> Phil. And I love that. Yeah, then he ended up in Kids in Glass Houses on Roadrunner. He's bound to have been gutted. He's got to have been gutted. <laughs> I, I long for a drive-through contract. No! But, oh, yeah. and if I'm not and if I'm not wrong, I think Finch might have been on drive-through as well. I, they were, I think. Yeah. Like, are you Fuck. kidding me? Like, Mad. only the best bands. Fuck. I reckon there needs to be a drive-through records festival. Now you've listed all those <laughs> bands. Yeah. Absolutely. Starting, yeah, starting like to do in that when we were young festival. I think. I didn't see the movie life on there. I hope the movie life are doing it. They should be doing it. They're still alive and they're still about. They should I think, be. So. Yeah, they should be indeed. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Sorry, I've gone. I've gone wild. I've gone. <laughs> You've just gone back into 2003, literally. <laughs> yeah, but, um, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Tunnel vision. But, but, but speaking of things we love from the past, um, today on the day of recording is actually the fifth year anniversary of your record, OK. Yeah, you're so right. That's being celebrated a lot on social media today, I've seen, but like, Take us back to those days of like the really early days of the band and stuff. Like, how do you remember that record coming out and just a really exciting time for the band starting up? That was a really exciting time. Yeah, we'd we'd done one record. We'd done Never Happy Ever After. And that was a process where the songs that we wrote, we brought into the studio and we really didn't change anything. We just sort of recorded the demos, but better by somebody who actually knew what they were doing instead of like me. Um, okay. We recorded with Mike Green 
um, who's like one of the best songwriters I've ever worked with. And that's where I think I really learned how to write a song. Like not just like how to write an as it is song, but just learn how to write a song and to just be extremely clever. And there are so many like Mike Green isms that I have like taken with me over like five years. Like um, he really like I have learned so much because of him. Um, and yeah, it was really exciting. It was it was one of these things, too, where as proud as I am of Never Happy Ever After, it was it was fairly one dimensional and it was that way on purpose. We really wanted to just like establish like one sound. And OK, it was when we started to just like start experimenting a little bit. So it. It opens with Pretty Little Distance, which was like the poppiest song we'd ever done at that point. And we're still remembering one of the poppiest songs we'd done at that point. But there's like in the middle of the record are three really like heavy songs. And you've got like No Way Out, Soap in Austin. And we really got to lean into that sort of like post-hardcore thing. And that's, you know, what what really went down best live is like you're at this crossroads where it's like, okay, like what's what what are people going to embrace if they embrace either of them? They might say like both of this sucks. Just go back to like what you were doing, please. Um, but for live, the heavy stuff got like just hands down a much better reaction. Um, and I think that's what inspired the Great Depression. I think it's what's inspired, you know, the heavier songs on this record too. But I think, yeah, that was when we really started to just sort of like say like, okay, so we found a sound, but we haven't found our sound. And we're really just going to sort of, you know, continue ex- to experiment because that's like, that's fun. As soon as you just start uh, letting people and critics uh, dictate like what's good and what isn't is ag- exactly when you forget like why you're doing this. Like we're not in a band to like look at spreadsheets or make money. It's like we're <laughs> in a band to to write songs and have fun and like make ourselves proud at the end of the day. And yeah, that's... uh that's where the sort of like experimentation came from, for sure. Yeah, I, I think you can these days tell the difference of bands who are literally looking at spreadsheets, looking at what's popular to try and to try and make make a, bit, a few extra bucks compared to who are just really out there trying to enjoy themselves, really. Yeah, you know, and and like we're really fortunate that like our fans have only embraced like when we've gotten like weirder and weirder and tried stuff out. And I can't speak to like whether like that hasn't happened for other bands because it has been like inauthentic or maybe it just doesn't like done well or it wasn't maybe it was before its time. But it's always been authentic with us. Like we like we we have eclectic music tastes and we want to like express that through, you know, uh, a warp tour scene band sort of sound like we want to like inject shit that's weird into the music and make it our own, make it fun. Um, and it's always been authentic and we, we've never had anybody like reject a song because it's too different. Like if anything, I think it's the stuff that's too samey that gets stale. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun and it really started with, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you mentioned that connection with your fan base and I do feel as it is have really made a point to include fans in every opportunity you can. It does feel like the, there is a real draw between the two of you and like, I've mentioned it before, but even with these new songs, automatically, as soon as you put the first single out, people were making artwork and doing all these mad things online to go with it. There's some, there's a couple of people in our Patreon who have tattoos of, of new songs and lyrics and, and whatnot. Like, is it mad to see that you have built that over time and people are wanting to just support you straight from the off as soon as there's anything going on with the it's totally mad. It's totally weird. It's totally surreal. The tattoos especially never stop being weird. You're like, okay, <laughs> you're like you're just going to put this on your body forever. Um, thank you so much. Um, can't say I'd do the same about our songs. Like bands I like, absolutely. They're like, my legs are covered in tattoos. So it's like, but it's, um, 
Yeah. And again, I don't, it's, it's, I think we just lucked into that, you know, I don't know how you, um, I don't, I don't think you can go into that with a plan and be like, Oh, we really want to be a band where like people draw like imagery based <laughs> on our lyrics. It's just, I, we're just so lucky. Like, I don't know how that happened. I don't know why that happened, but yeah, we, we love it. I love the idea of some band starting out and, and not doing like, you know, your typical band stuff. Like, Oh, we just want to release an album or we want to play a gig. I want someone, I'd love it if a band come out going, we are not a band until somebody gets a tattoo of us. Like, yeah, exactly. uh, imagine how mental you'd have to be to be like, oh, ta- I say, oh, here's a question. Has anybody got a tattoo directly of you? Yeah, 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 absolutely. How, how did you feel um, about that? Uh, I feel, I feel cool about it. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's their choice and they seem proud of it. So fuck yeah, absolutely. Keep good. it coming. That's good. Right. All right, um, good. But yeah, no, it's, um, it's a, it, it was, I think it was a drawing of me that I drew tattooed on their leg. If oh. I'm not wrong. Um, okay. So yeah. It's all it's sorts wild. of fucking tattoo inception <laughs> going on now. What the fuck is yeah. 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 And then there's like sort of like silhouette photos from stage that I've seen. So yeah. It's it's bananas. It's coconuts. It's the whole fruit yeah. salad. It's crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it is there anything you've noticed though, like with the way that you do interact with the fans that you feel it's not a secret, but something that you really should take for granted in, in, in this position? I think just like wanting to be like listened to and heard and seen and really like looked at in the eyes is something that like, you know, like I got to meet some of my favorite artists as a kid as a kid. And as much as it like means when you're face to face with some somebody, you know, when they're not like awake, you know, when they're not present, you know, when that they're and like, you know, sometimes you're just having a bad day and you know, you're like late for something and you have to be somewhere else and you, you can't do it to the best of your ability, but to just like be present in that moment. Like, even if it's only like 30 seconds, like I remember 30 second moments where I got to meet some of my favorite people in the world. So it's like, um, to really just be there and to just sort of rise to the, to the respect that that, um, exchange sort of deserves, I think is huge. Um, and I think it gets, it gets lost along the way. I certainly never want to like lose that perspective. Cause I think it's really, really important. Well, yeah, sticking with that then, do you remember a moment when, or tell us about some of the, the moments where you've met your heroes or whatever? Is there, is there any that stand out? Do you have any awkward moments? Is there yeah, any funny Yeah, absolutely. This will be a, a, a crazy sort of journey backwards. I think 15 years, because I'm 30 now. So I was, I was 15. So I was too young to get into the Peel in Kingston. You had to be 16 at the time. Um, and I was the biggest fan of Tonight is, Tonight is Goodbye. Um, and Ant has gone on to do a wonder, which is huge. They're like one of my favorite artists right now. But I was going to see them and the lineup was Paige, We Are the Ocean and Tonight is Goodbye at the Peel. Um, and I got dropped off by my mom, but I didn't know that the, the age was 16 plus. So I just walked up to them in their van and said, can you like just try to sneak me into the show? Like I'm like so desperate to like see you guys tonight. And they were just eating pizza and they were just, yeah absolutely and they just got up and they just like told the venue i was like their cousin or something and they just kept me in from soundcheck <laughs> and then i just watched the whole show um and i'll just remember that kindness forever that's just so cool they just absolutely did not have to be that nice or that kind or that accommodating but you remember that and that's huge and that just shapes who you are like when you're in that position that just that hopefully makes you better it, it, you know it, it should i think it should um and it's yeah it's it's made me uh better rounded and yeah just trying to like have more sort of patience and respect for that sort of thing Nice. That is a yeah. It's a lovely story. That's a lovely story. Um, do you remember any awkward moments where you've met anybody and you were like, "Oh, this is knock on 
Great. Um, thankfully, nothing like immediately comes to mind. Um, but, you know, we've done tours where headliners should have been a little nicer to us, a little cooler, a little made a little more time. And, you know, that's that sucks. And again, like when, when that happens to you, you, uh, you can either be like, yeah, OK, that's what rock stars do. Like, fuck the support bands. But what, what it should do is you should say like, oh, OK, like you, you, you firstly remember, OK, we should be really kind to all the support acts. We should treat everybody how we want to be treated on this tour. But it equally makes you respect bands that made so much time for you and were so cool when they absolutely didn't have to. So we're out with Set It Off right now who are sound checking and our first ever North American tour was with them. And they were so nice. They were so cool. And the other two bands that really come to mind are Mayday Parade and Silverstein both took really, really good care of us, really showed us how to be like, not just great, like live bands, great headliners to craft a great set, but to just be like really good, decent people. And to just like be there for the support bands. Cause I mean, we were still like really new to this shit and we were really excited. I mean, they probably told us should like, they, they probably should have been like, keep it down. You're like too young. You're too excited. And you're kind of killing my vibe right now. It's like, I get it. Like, this is the biggest show you've ever played in Germany. Uh, but you know, I'm trying to eat my dinner. Um, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, really cool guys. The, 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 them ex- especially were really, really kind to us. Nice. No, we love, we love hearing stuff like that. But really, sticking with humble beginnings, and this is something we've never talked to you about, and I, I'm quite intrigued to, to get your thoughts on it, is obviously your real start with music and everything, and your days on YouTube, where you were doing covers and stuff way back in the day before, as it is. I mean, when you look back at that chapter on your life, like, do you feel it opened up a lot of doors for you? In a way, or in some aspects, do you think it gave like a really strong prejudgment for as it is we're trying to be after stepping away from that? I think both are true. And I think neither were bad things. I think it gave us huge opportunities. It, it put the band in front of a lot of eyes. And, you know, there's a reason that, you know, when I stepped away from YouTube, it was because the band got signed to Fearless Records. And it's like, oh, this is this has been the dream I've been trying to get to. So I don't need to continue this thing as, as magical as it has been. It's got me to where I wanted it to get me. But equally, yeah, people did have a huge preconception of not only the band, but me. And I didn't mind the judgment because, I mean, like, we've never tried to be a cool band. You know, we're not hundredth. We're not turnstile. That's fine. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, we're not trying to be. We're just trying to be us. And um, we're not trying to impress anybody. We're just trying to express ourselves. And the fact that we're not like a cool uh, merch band doesn't like bum me out because we're we're still here. Like we're still out here. We're still having fun. We're still selling t-shirts. We, we're still seeing people turn up to shows that have been there since the YouTube days. And I think that's huge. And if anything, you know, just sometimes you go into a tour and people say like, I really didn't know what to expect with you. Like, because you were like on YouTube and you were like a social media person. It's like, was really ready for you to be a total asshole and it's like okay cool well i mean thank you for not thinking i'm a total asshole that's that's tight i appreciate that but you know i had the same honestly i had the same apprehension when we toured with water parks and have you if if you guys have had them on like you know that they are nothing but the, the nicest coolest guys um so I've been on the other side of that too. And you just go like, wow, am I going to be touring with like rock star divas? And you're like, oh no, you're just like literally the nicest person I've ever met. So it's all good. Yeah. I, re- I remember, um, I remember like one of the first proper tours you guys did um, after all that was when you supported Save Your Breath, who are uh, yeah. a iconic Welsh band on their farewell tour. And I do remember there being like, obviously 
you know, some punk kids being like, oh, you know, this YouTube band and other people just there excited to see you as well. I'm sure like early on, there was a big mixture of that. I think so too. And like, it's because we were fans of that, huge fans of them growing up and um, getting to tour with them was super surreal. And they were doing their farewell tour and to just like take a chance on us on their farewell tour instead of just like bringing out their homies is like, that was, that's wild to me. And that's like so cool. And it means so much more because of that. Um, but yeah, no, I remember that reaction. It, you know, it didn't bum us out because we we had a, what we thought was a really cool record written. And like we were playing, we debuted Dial Tones on, on that tour. It was like night two that came out. So we started playing it. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's uh, yeah, we, we'd, we'd had written what we thought was like some of our best songs. So we started playing them on that tour. And it was, yeah, it was really cool. It was a really, really fun tour. Just nothing but the coolest memories. Yeah, it was so that and that ended in Cardiff, if I'm not, if I'm not yeah. wrong. And that was a yeah. great show. Great yeah. show. So much yeah. fun. I remember, I remember that one. It was uh, very upsetting to see them call it a day. But um, oh, yeah, is, was there a moment though where, like, you felt not that you proved yourself, but like in a way that you you really thought, ah, I've got him here. Like, I've got some of those doubters in the pocket. Yeah, maybe. I, I guess I'm not too sure, but it's also like the for for me. Those feelings never stick around too long. I'm like always trying to like prove the next big thing and work even harder and make myself proud because it's not about making other people proud. It's about making me proud. And it's like a, sometimes you go like, oh, that's like that's really cool. That's really exciting. But it it sort of like fades like it should. It just sort of like it's like water and it just sort of like drips off. And you're like, okay, on to the next thing that I think is really big and really exciting. So nothing comes to mind in terms of like, oh, I impressed like the fucking naysayers and the gatekeepers. Cause <laughs> I don't think that ever happens. I don't think that ever happens for bands like us, but that's also fine because we're not out here trying to. So well it's probably better you're just focusing on yourself to be honest. That's the that's the best oh, yeah. that's the best of <laughs> oh, fuck other people. Fuck other people. <laughs> <laughs> oh but fuck but up. But but as well, like, how does American boy party end up in Brighton? Because I've never I've never known how this how this like unfolded. So I grew up in the UK. We moved there when I was five or six, and we were supposed to live there for maybe three years. But we ended up really really loving uh, the UK and being near London and stuff. So um, that that's the thing that I think is so cool is that obviously like like everybody else, I, I was in love with all these big like American like scene bands, but. But for me, it was funeral for a friend. Nice. Uh, it was it was the blackout. It oh, was yeah. save your breath. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was you me at six. It was like all those bands that were just like coming up in the scene. Like anyone who was like from the area. So, oh, I loved your code name. Code name is Milo. As a kid, I thought they were wow. just the fucking nice. coolest band. Um, and I think that that really shaped me. Like that's that British post hardcore sound. Um, there's nothing quite like it. I've never heard anything quite like it. I think it is just so fucking cool. So yeah, I was going to like all the like local shows in like Kingston and Guildford and London and stuff. So, um, and then I moved to Brighton for university. I was studying like sound for film essentially. And that's where I met Ben. We were on the same like degree. Um, and yeah, we met each other there, started a band and yeah, here we are. Oh, wow. Fair. That's cool. I had no nice, idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I've always, I've always wondered that, but uh, like you've mentioned, you're currently on this tour now with set it off. I believe Stan Atlantic, uh, on the run as well. It sounds like it's just being a, a good start to the year. How's um how have the shows themselves been so far? So much fun. So much fun. Like on the one hand, it is still really weird that, you know, we're all wearing masks and we're trying not to hug and we're like keeping a distance and being safe and being smart. 
but then you're on stage and then you forget that like time has passed at all uh, and you're just having fun. It just comes back like muscle memory. And that feels great. That feels really, really good. Uh, I've missed Taco Bell. Um, eating it all the time. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're over here now as well, aren't they? So, like, we've yeah, been indeed. This, yeah, you've got a Taco Bell in Swansea and Cardiff now. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, Swansea, Swansea's got the only Denny's in the UK, though, right? Yeah. I've had the, the, the British Denny's experience, but maybe I'll have to make time for it. Yeah, I went not long ago. I had the Grand Slam. Um, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it was, it was very much like the American one. Cause, <laughs> yeah, there know. you go. Yeah, the the I've seen Denny's in Swansea and I've seen Denny's in Tokyo, and I haven't been to either because I'm oh, like wow. I just I don't really understand, but sure. Yeah. Oh wow, that's the thing. I always find that when random chains like that pop up in even randomer places, like why the fuck is there one in Swansea? Yeah. <laughs> why is right. anything in Swansea? Just nuke the place and fucking get on with it. <laughs> Yeah, our, our, our sound engineer is from Swansea, and I'm sure oh, I'm he so would. Sorry. Uh, I'm, really? no, I'm sure he. I'm saying I'm sure he would agree. I'm sure he would say exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah if I was, heard somebody, um, yeah, if I heard somebody slagging off Merthyr Tidville, I'd be like, yeah, of course, of course, yeah, nuke us now. In, in fact, I'll help pay for the nuke if you want. Absolutely, just, no, he would. Yeah, he would say exactly the same. Yeah, he worked at a venue called the Scene that we played in 2016, um, and he was just like the the only good sound guy we had on that whole tour. So we stole him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, just wow. we take him everywhere. Yeah. What are you doing tomorrow? Uh, nothing. Great. You're coming you come, with us. Yeah, you're coming on tour. Get in the van. Get in the fucking van now. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh God! Wow. What's the odds though that we slag off Swansea and you've literally got a member of the touring party is well, from like Morgan? Morgan. It's us, so it's, it's two to true. one on. Yeah, we are going to fuck time. up. We are going to fuck up something when whoever we talk to. So it doesn't matter. Um, it was obvious it was going to happen, um, but yeah. Oh, but like, but with this, with this cycle now, with um, I went to Hallam back. Like, I'm sure there's, especially being away for so long, that there's little goals or little things that you really are looking forward to doing again or really setting your sights on is there anything in particular that you you really are hoping to achieve from this cycle in particular yeah it's a great question i think the thing i'm missing the most is just a big like london headliner that's not something we've done in a really long time i feel like it hasn't been since 2019 that we've gotten to do that and it might be even before that that could have been 2018 i think back to like coco and the Kennishtown forum it's just like i am so desperate to be in front of that many people and just like have the best night of our lives together. Like that's the thing I miss. Like this, this feels a little bit like a family reunion. Like we're seeing a lot of faces that we recognize and we've missed a whole lot. Um, but I'm just so psyched to headline. It's been such a long time to like headline in like the UK and Europe and North America and stuff, but the UK, especially, I mean, that's, that's home. Yeah. And you have announced that you're going to be coming back over for some like in-store signings. Uh, and stuff for over the summer so i'm sure you're kind of excited to be up close and personal with fans like that again yeah absolutely cannot wait cannot wait missed it all so very very much i think that's the thing that like i've always found is just like you know like I, i'm talking about these big shows and i used to picture them where you like look out and you don't recognize anybody you're just see like just a, a mass of people but it's like we know like half the crowd by name at this point and i just see somebody as like i know you drove three hours to be here thank you it's just like that's crazy so it, it just yeah that's that's our family and yeah we just we miss it so so much and then like while i was thinking about it the uh, again thinking about british bands like we've gotten to do warp tour but you know i'd go back to the states 
uh, on like summer vacation or whatever. I'd see like my family. So I'd go to Warp Tour and I'd get to watch all the bit, the British bands play to nobody. So I watched oh, Funeral. Wow. I watched I'd watched uh, Gallows play to nobody. But I watched <laughs> Biffy Clyro, who had just released Puzzle, play oh, to wow. 12 people. Nice. No way. 12 you know people in a parking lot. Do you know what? Funnily enough, right? I once saw Biffy Clyro play in Merthyr Tidville, where I am right now, right? My hometown, which is fucking dreadful, right? Yeah. I saw them play to 12. I saw Biffy Clyro play to 12 people in Merthyr yeah. as well. Look at this. You've seen yeah. them on the other side of the world. <laughs> it's bananas. And then you, you say to people, it's like, when these guys are in Glasgow, mm. Fallout Boy open for them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, smart, like, yeah, you yeah. just don't get it. You don't get how cool this band is. You don't get how big this band is. And that's fine. Like, because I get to have this really intimate experience with like one of the sickest bands ever. So yeah. fine. Do you know what? I've, yeah. I've got an embarrassing warp to a story like that. As Let's well. go. Let's go. So the blackout went from, we sold out um, somewhere called the Astoria in London. I remember. It's not, I remember. Yeah, it's, not, it's not there anymore. We were, we were one of four unsigned bands to ever sell it out. Our next, was that our next tour? I think it was our next tour, was Warp Tour, where our new manager, Craig Jennings from Raw Power, he flew to, to Phoenix to see us play Warp Tour. He was the only person who watched us. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's so sad. Because yeah, everybody, sure. everybody was watching the main that day because the main were playing their hometown show. Literally. Yeah. Everybody, nobody knew us yeah. anyway, and that was fine. <laughs> Literally, if the girls at the epitaphs, epitaph stand weren't showing our names to people on the sticker on the sticker box they were giving out, nobody would have ever seen us. But yeah. just our one gig, <laughs> our brand new manager, who had just taken us on, we were like, "Yeah, he's coming today. We've got a fucking good one. This is going to be great." Oh, it's just Craig. Oh no, oh. this is dreadful. Um, yeah, but yeah, oh, what- that's brutal. That's brutal. <laughs> and Phoenix, Phoenix is, that must have been hard as hell. Like, oh, so it was uh, like yeah, I uncomfortably for, sad. Yeah, I walked for 45 <laughs> minutes to go to uh, a mall that had air conditioning. Uh, yeah. Because it was, <laughs> people, like, this is the thing. British people say, oh, yeah, I bet it was hot. Yeah, but no. <laughs> um yeah no it's um i wish we'd gotten to play the astoria i went and saw like maybe two shows there before it, it closed down and one of the craziest lineups i saw there was it was your demise architects the chariot and bring me like wow. that show was crazy that lineup yeah. was stacked imagine that uh, now yeah, imagine that today that would be i know right yeah that'd be an upside down that would be an upside down lineup <laughs> now, wouldn't it It'd bring me architects yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. your demise mm-hmm. opening yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you optimized back? Did I make that up? Or I saw him at Slam back? Dunk. I saw him at Slam Dunk. I think they're just doing a handful of sort of you know like anniversary uh, yeah. shows and things like that. Yeah, I, I get confused because I think they add more and then they disappear and then they add more again. So fair play to them. Loads of loads of people are excited and they do sell good merch. But um, but yeah, have you been a part of anything like that though, where you've like you've played a festival and you've been up next to someone else who's played like a like a special set or something and like the cards just haven't gone right or like any any moments like that yeah i guess so um i guess like we we did tokyo the same night as owl city who's like one of my favorite artists in the world i just like love this dude my whole heart every single one of his records and stuff and i never i didn't get to see him i like thought about like getting over like but it was like it was like pretty far and it was the last night of tour and i wanted to like watch all the bands and stuff but um but we also did a like a hardcore festival in tokyo with like bane and gorilla biscuits and that was kind of fun and surreal so <laughs> what? Bane? What? Yeah. Gorilla Bis- 
What? How we? What? How did you it, get booked for that? I have no idea. We were there already. It was called like Shibuya Crash Festival, if I'm not wrong. It was like 2015 or 16. They must have seen you X'd up. That's it. That's <laughs> it exactly. They saw up and they were like, oh, must be an hardcore band. Must be. Yeah. Let's book them. Fuck it. That was, yeah, that was cool bang. as fuck for me. That was, that was like a big bucket list thing. I know. I know. We're not around anymore. So I'm, I'm glad I'm I got to see them. I'm too busy what I'm going to be. <laughs> oh, bing. Coolest vocals. Coolest oh, vocals. No. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I love him. I love Bane, but fucking hell, hell of a voice on the fella. Hell of a voice. Yeah. I know we oh, listen then, to uh, every then, week as well. And, and then one of the weirder festivals we did was called Grass Pop. It's like a heavy mm. metal festival in Belgium. Yeah. And we were on the we were on the OK cycle, so we were like dressed in like fifties outfits and like playing like power pop essentially. When the headliners were like. Ramstein, Emperor, and Dillinger Escape Plan. Of and it was like, we yeah, don't, we clashed with a band who I've now listened to, but hadn't at the time. They were called Cattle Decapitation. And I made a like joke on stage, like, thank you for watching us instead of Cattle Decapitation today. <laughs> yeah. It means the entire world to us. And we were just like, why oh, the fuck so are we playing this festival? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's moments like that, though, where you just think like, it's only could only can happen to a band like yeah. there's only things you get yeah. from from live music exactly yeah yeah well patty we won't we won't keep you too much longer now because you know i you are on tour you've got to get ready for the show and it sounds like it's being a hell of a day already but like <laughs> obviously we, we've talked a lot about the the community behind it as it is and i did want to bring up really your relationship with ronnie because i i feel like on a personal level for you, it's maybe been quite important and nice timing him coming into the band when he did. Cause I feel like you two are like the best of friends. You've become brothers and like the community seemed to have accepted him so much for when you think about it, for, for a newer member. Did you just feel like he was being the perfect fit to have in as it is? Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Like he was welcomed really warmly uh, but I'm not surprised he's Ronnie. He makes like such an impact on people. And he's just like the bright, the, he's like the brightest light in every room. And it's like, yeah, he, he entered when, uh, we didn't know it yet, but people would be stepping away and he's still here. And he's, uh, he was best man at my wedding. And, uh, really he like his, his blueprint, his DNA is in this record just as much as like mine and Ali's and everybody is just like, he, he really had a really heavy hand in writing some of these like melodies, writing these songs and stuff. And, um, it sounds like him. And I think it's a better record for that. And that's really exciting. But, um, yeah, he is, he is so alive. He is so driven. He, he makes, uh, doing what we're doing, um, at the hardest times, he makes it easier. And, you know, yesterday and today, like, uh, with the van breaking down, like that's, that's what he does. He, he saves the day and he's, he, he's, positive why does it and that's i see it yeah yeah he's absolutely fucking delightful and that makes me um <laughs> absolutely green with jealous rage um because i cannot <laughs> i cannot be that person like i cannot be as nice as him and that hurts my heart um yeah <laughs> yeah i bet he'd make a fucking great tour manager really because you like when you get yeah. the venue and you find out like oh we're on earlier or whatever or it hasn't done too well Positive, Ronnie turns up. Here we go, guys. We're gonna fucking kill our show tonight. Yes, Absolutely. Ron. Back in again. Yeah, I fucking yeah. love him. So please yeah. send him my love. Send set him off my love because uh, I was lucky enough to tour with them and Yellow Card once. 
Yeah, send standard Atlantic Owl love as well. Of course. We love those. Sure. We love all of those. But yeah. Yes. yes. Well, with all that, is there anything else now we can um, keep an eye on for what will be a very busy cycle, I'm, I'm sure, over the next couple of couple of months and for the rest of the year? Yeah. Well, the the record's out soon. It's out, now, it's, uh, it's out next month. We're trying to film two music videos before we go home from this tour. So staying busy. Uh, more shows to announce, too. Um, and because he's walked in, Hey Matt, what do you have to say about Swansea? Do you have any nice things to say about Swansea? Um, it's best. I don't say anything. There you go. It's best. He doesn't <laughs> say right. anything. Don't you know know that. Tell him, they say tell right. him he's right. I tell him that's coming from somebody from Merthyr Tidville. I don't know how to say that. He's from some, uh, well, yeah, you got it. <laughs> All right. He's laughing. He's laughing. I can he hear him laughing. laughing. Yeah. Because he knows it. Because he knows how fucking awful it is. But yeah. Absolutely. Andy, it's been a fucking pleasure to um, know you. It's been a pleasure to fucking watch you um, grow up in the spotlight. It's fantastic to watch you smash your fucking goals and your achievements. And I'm genuinely, genuinely, I fucking love it. So much so. I'm swearing. Um, yeah. That's how you know. Yeah. yeah. That's how yeah, you know. You, you, know mean it. you know it's serious when I'm. Just dropping the F-bombs for no reason whatsoever. Oh, man, I appreciate so, um, it. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, Thank you're, you. You're a superstar. You're a superstar. We love you very much and fantastic. Good luck with the record. February 4th, I went to hell and back. We can't wait. Cheers, man. Thanks for taking the time and hopefully we'll see you soon. Oh, anytime. Absolutely. Yes, thank you very much to Patty and as it is, as always, for being absolute legends. And yes, I just love seeing his fit because as soon as you see him or Ronnie, it's instant smiles. I don't know how you could not smile at their heads. And yeah, as Patty mentioned, Ronnie is a constant ball of positivity. And I love that. And I also need that. So um, <laughs> I don't know if as it is, want, they need a fat, old uh, shouter. For anything, but if they do, I need to be around Ronnie more because uh, he's very, very positive, and I need that. <laughs> no, they are wonderful human beings, and just a little um, peel behind the curtain for this episode. You know, we we mentioned we talked about some troubles they had um, that day on tour in the states, but they were they're so worried about us that Ronnie jumped on the Zoom quickly to explain everything as Patty was setting up. They're lovely humans. I'm so glad that they've got a new album coming out now, February 4th, titled I Went to Hell and Back. Some of these new tracks are absolutely outstanding, and I'm really excited to hear the record in full, to see them live again, and people just experiencing as it is the way they should. Yes, I just want to clear up as well. When Ronnie came on and told us they'd had trouble with the van and they were running a bit late, we definitely gave them the option to reschedule to another day, we didn't go, oh, you fucking pricks. You fucking better be on now. I've been waiting, yeah? It's 6 p.m. in the UK. I need to go to the toilet. Like, that didn't happen. <laughs> we literally said to him, I tell you what, if you want to, you can reschedule. We can reschedule. We can do it anytime. Sort your show out. The show's more important. But they said, no, they couldn't wait to do something podcast. So thank you very much for being a liar. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a fucking great time so thank you and I can't wait for this I can't wait for this record 
Yeah, and just a little reminder, if this is your first time listening to Sapling Podcast and you are as it is fan, then we have loads of episodes with the band previously to go and check out as well. Um, they they came on with one of our really early episodes. We even did a podcast with Ben when he left the band and they've appeared recently backstage at a Slam Dunk Festival 2021 podcast. So there's loads for you to dive into. And of course, as it is, are scheduled to come back to the UK throughout May and June for both a tour supporting May Day Parade and Real Friends across the, across the country, but at some in-store sign-ins at your local HMVs too. So head over to asitisofficial.com for all the dates and details on that. And hopefully we can see the boys in the flesh very, very soon as well. Yes, I would like that. <clears throat> oh, Jesus Christ, my voice went funny. Yes, I would like that. Um, I need the serotonin boost. So, yeah. If you're making plans for the summer, as I said, festival season, it's right around the corner in a way. You want some discounts for some festivals to go to. I know you do. I know you're, you're holding out for a discount code for a festival. Well, if you head over to patreon.com forward slash sapnin, there's one there for you to a festival we think you'll really really enjoy and as we always mention you get included into our wonderful community help this podcast happen each and every week and get some funny behind the scenes content as well yes you can donate as little or as much as you want um so yes check out patreon.com forward slash happening it all goes to help create this podcast and keep us going so we appreciate every single person who's part of our patreon being part of our patreon if you've considered it um, get a fucking move on. Um, <laughs> get in touch with us at Sapling Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know your thoughts on this episode, last week's episode, any episode, future episodes. Let us know what you thought of our episode that we're going to have with Jared Leto that's going to come up in probably the next four years, maybe. That, that's not me confirming. <laughs> we haven't got, wait, I just need to read Wait, What? We haven't got Jared Leto at the moment, but at the moment, but send in questions for him. On the off chance we eventually, I don't know, I'm just talking shit. I just, we, look, we need interaction on socials, right? <laughs> we're, not, <laughs> we're not getting enough interaction on socials. So, at something pod, send us shit, for God's sake. Not yeah. shit. Oh, oh no, <laughs> don't send us that. Just drop oh. a comment and a like and stuff. But quickly, I did want to say thank you so much to everyone who sent a lovely message um, for my birthday this week. It was very, oh, very was, nice. Yeah. And tell you what was really touching. There was loads of former guests of the podcast coming in and sending nice messages as well from everyone, from Grant from Feeder to did he? Uh, yeah to the uh, fucker. Uh, wait, 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 the fucker <laughs> didn't even reply to my DM. Wait, <laughs> oh, did we? We spoke to him before. It was my birthday as well, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't fucking say happy birthday to me. Oh, that's... Yeah, that's go bad. on, bud. Carry on, carry on telling everybody how fucking all the famous people love you. Go on. I was... I'm, yeah, just people from... Bang. Who else, bud? Who else? No, go on. Who else? My, uh, Mikey from Skin Dread. Um, oh, for fuck's... He didn't fucking say happy birthday to me! Carry on. Luke, Luke Johnson of Low Lives and Formerly Lost Profits. Oh, I'm not having this. Um, Tom Jenkins. Oh. Um, there's a, there's, a, there's a few. But anyway, um, if you head over to the description of this episode, there's loads of names there from our Patreon that we do thank. 
But as always, Sean is going to give him a hoosive shout out to the elite members of our Sapling Podcast Patreon community. Those are some of the top tiers. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And here they are. I don't think I can be bothered this week, though. No? <laughs> I can't get over it. Grant from Fida, like. I, uh, uh, all right, anyway. Um, massive thank you to... Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Leeway, Janelle Kasten, Amadine Abano, Mitch Perry, Kelly Ewan, Dilly Grimwood, Kelly Young, Paul Hirschfield, Natasha Morris, Emma Barber, Nathan Croshaw, Sammy G, Tony Michael, Kat Besson, Captain Hannibal, Dana Lasnava, Jenny Robinson, Murray Grimwood, Johnny Phillips, Scott Jones, Amy Campion, Alexandra Pemblinton, Mikey McDonald's McMuffin Buns, Tom Owen, Caroline Robinson, Chris Howard, M. Evans Roberts, Joe Ackland, Louis Cook, Danny Eaton, Carl Pendlebury, Martina McManus, James McNaught, Jenny Munster, Kelly Cannon, Lucy Diaz, Emily Perry, John and Emma, Becky Andy, Jason Aredia, Stuart McNaught, Craig Harris, Adam King of the Goths, Parslow, Ollie Amesbury, Josh, I've often heard that I see is one of the easiest words to spell. Looking back at it now, I see why. Crisp. Thank you very much, Alice Wood, Reese Bowen, <laughs> Keris Andrews, Connor Lewins, Kate Stevenson, Daniel Stevenson. Are they related? And by <laughs> last but no means least, the wonderful Kyle David Smith. Thank you very much to all of those people and all the people involved in our Patreon. As Morgan said, check the description out for more names of people that we are in love with. Yes, and there, and we really, really do love them. But this has been another great episode. Just nice to get some nice stories and, and different insight into band's perspectives and secrets and behind the scenes malarkey. And we'll be back next week and every Friday with another special guest. And next week will be one that is very interesting and will get a lot of people excited. I hope it's fucking Grant from Feeder again because I want a fucking word <laughs> with him now. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, it's all right. It's all right. Happy birthday to you, anyway. Thank you. <sighs> Sapnin. Sapnin. I can't believe you do that. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.